Hello, Saubona, how's it, Molo, Jumbo, and welcome to the Every Nation podcast. We hope this message will inspire you and draw you closer to Christ. Enjoy. The 24-7 was even a word in Durban. And the leader of the 24-7 in South Africa happens to be a very good friend of mine called Nati Mbiazi. Pastor Nati Mbiazi is from, used to be part of every nation in Cape Town. And we've been working with him for about a year with 24-7. And you guys didn't know that. So this is a setup. <laughs> but God knows all things. I want to read two scriptures to you, and then we're going to get cracking into the message. The first one I just think is relevant for today, and it's from John 17, and it's where Jesus is praying, first of all for himself, and then he prays for his disciples. And he says, I'm praying not only for my disciples, for them, but also for those who will believe in me because of them and their witness about me. If you're a Christian, put your hand up. That's you. This, this Jesus is talking directly to you in this scripture. The goal is for all of them to become one heart and mind. Just as you, Father, are in me and I in you. So they might be one heart and mind with us. Then the world might believe that you, in fact, did send me, says Jesus. The same glory you gave me, I gave them. Jesus is saying this before you were born. He already gave you the glory. So they'll be as unified and together as we are, I in them and you in me. And they'll be mature in this oneness and give the godless world evidence that you sent me and loved them in the same way that you've loved me. Isn't that a brilliant scripture that you need to own today? And the second scripture, I think just turn me down a bit. I'm just... The second scripture I want to read to you is from Matthew 11, verse 29. Both of these come out of the message. It says this. And if, 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 if what I'm going to say to you is you, you can put your hand up, okay? It says, are you tired? Okay, I've got a few hands. Are you worn out? I've got a few more hands. Are you burned out on religion? I've got both my hands up. I don't know anybody else. Anyway, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Hallelujah. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Can I repeat that? Gives me goosebumps just saying that. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. 
Amen. Well, we are so grateful to be back in Durban for those of you. Those that we, I've just met uh, baby Jesus's mommy and daddy in the loo. Yes, can you believe it? For those that don't know, we had a, we had a nativity one year and Kutaraba was how many days, weeks? He was about three weeks old and he was our baby Jesus. And uh, I, this was something I hadn't thought of. That actually when it was all ready to go, baby Jesus needed a nappy change. He did. It's actually I do not remember something that. You, you think about, is it? We had so to delay not, the proceedings. Yeah, the, we had to delay the proceedings. But we, we have a very, very special place in our heart for what God is doing in Durban. And we have seen the, the fruit coming off out of this mm-hmm. ministry. And it's going into all the world. How many of you know Salome? Salome, I'm, I'm going off on any tangent. It's me, okay? My name's Rona, and I'm, you never know where I might go. And John definitely doesn't know where I might go. Uh, so, I, how many of you are students in here? Okay. When John and I were looking after the Durban Every Nation Church, Salome was in one of my groups, and she got, she was doing an outstanding job with the creative arts, just a dynamo woman. And she had about 60 or 70 people on Westville on a Friday night, and she'd have them dancing and rapping and heart, and drawing and all sorts of things. So she said, Rona, can I, can I meet with you one day? And uh, I want to, I want to have coffee and I've got something exciting to tell you. And so we met at the Botanical Gardens, we had tea, and she said to me, she said, I've decided I'm going to give up medicine, and I am going to go full-time in the church. And I said, no, you're not. (laughs) I said, Jesus Christ is the beginning and the end. He's the Alpha, he's the Omega. He is the first and he is the last. What he starts, he will finish. What he begins in you, he will take through to completion. So do not give up. If you give up on your studies, you'll give up on your families. If you give up on your families, you'll give up on your marriages, you'll give up on your country. Do not be quitters. You are called to make a difference. And in that morning, I said to Salome, and anyway, she was fifth year medicine. I said to her, anyway, God has not called you to wipe snotty noses. God has called you to change policy in our nation. And then as I said it, I thought, ooh, that was a bit wild, you know? Oh, a bit wild. And anyway, as many of you would know, Salome went on to graduate. She became a doctor. She was she is one of two gynecologists with a PhD. She headed up Chris uh, Chris Harney Baraguana, the obstetrics ward. And for the last year, she has been a fellow at Harvard. She is now working part-time with World Health Organization. This is the fruit that is coming out of this church. When I hear about the growth path that you're talking about, get on the bus. Get on the bus. God has got more than you can ask or think or imagine. And he's going to work through you. And part of that is going to be our prayer room. So I'll get back onto... I'll get back onto that. Can I get back on Yeah, I was just thinking, though, you know, you say get back on the bus. But sometimes you don't know where the bus is going. Anybody got on a bus and you thought, I actually don't know where this bus is going? <laughs> I've done that lots of times. Especially when I used to drink beer. Anyway, 
but so um, John and I, we we minister all over the place. We've had the privilege of. Uh, when we when we handed over the Durban Church, we went to head up the Every Nation Church in Melbourne, Australia. Anyway, so we've been all over the place, and what we're seeing God doing at the moment is very much what Kay said earlier. He is doing a dot to dot. If you look at this, this little dot to dot here, you give these things to a one, two, four, three, four, five-year-old, and they go one or A, B, C. And then as they join the dots, they begin to see the picture. And we, in our lives, in particular, uh, in the last couple of years, we are seeing the dots that we haven't drawn. He has drawn the dots. All we've got to do is join them. So when we get a phone call to say, can we go to Durban this weekend? We go, oh, that's dot to dot. We're just completing a picture. We were here when you opened this facility, and now we're here when 24-7's opening. I'm like, how cool was that, God? Mm. I think I must be the apple of your eye. Yeah. And so we're talking about the prayer room and how it works. And when we were living in Durban, it was 15, 16 years ago, I'm not sure, something like that. And we have two sons, and they are both married. They came to the church one weekend, and all six of us did a group talk. (laughs) Chaos, chaos. Anyway, but during that weekend, it was my birthday, and um, I decided we'd go to Carcliff Zipline. Anybody done it? Okay, so you go to Carcliffe Car Zipline, yeah, and they put all this stuff on you, and you put a hat on you, and then you have to do the zip through the trees. Easy, hey? So we all do our six, all six of us get all, all done up, and we, <laughs> we do the first one. Boom, zoom, 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 no problem, got it. So the second one was about 150 meters and Pete, our, our very tall son, went first. Okay, mum. And he lands on the platform. Okay, mum, come, your turn. So I go, and I'm stuck. I am 50 meters from that end. I'm 50 meters from that end. And I'm 50 meters above the trees down there. And, and I can hear my husband go, it's okay, darling, you'll be all right. And, and I can hear the boys going, hang in there, mum, you'll be fine. And I can hear my, the girls going, what did she do wrong? <laughs> <laughs> but there was one voice who knew what was going on. And a deep baritone voice said, turn around. And it was the instructor. <laughs> And then eventually I make it to the platform and there were seven more of these things. But this instructor was so nice. But you know what? In your life, there's going to be lots of voices. There are going to be lots of voices. When Elijah was listening for the voice, it wasn't in the wind. It wasn't in the fire. It was in the still small voice. And I would urge you, as you start on this journey of 24-7... Get to know the person of the Holy Spirit. Don't look for the power of the Holy Spirit. Because when you get the person, you'll get the power. 
but you hear the voice. So, we decided, for some unknown reason, to rent our house, which is very nice, it's in Hard Bay, and to get ourselves a container. And we live in a container. And we had this container that was in Hard Bay, and we were having a wonderful time in a friend's yard. It was all cool, except for the eco-toilet, don't don't believe it, they don't work. So, and, and it was all terrific and lovely until the guys whose house we were living in said, um, I'm afraid I'm extending my house, you're going to have to move your container. And we looked everywhere to find somewhere to move our container to. And purely just by circumstance, we were at a party and we were trying to talk about, you know, where do we move this container to? And somebody said, well, why don't you ask my uncle? He has a farm, and he might have space on his farm, and he wants to increase his bed and breakfast thing. I said, yeah, that sounds good. And by the end of the day, we had made a deal to move from Cape Town to a place called Hrabo. Has anybody heard of Hrabo? <laughs> okay, no, I'm not surprised you haven't heard about Hrabo. But maybe you can have that next picture. Hrabo is actually not far from Cape Town, and that is looking from the mountain down at Cape Town. And that right at the bottom is Cape Town, is Table Mountain. And the fire starts in Table Mountain. That's not a great sunset. So we live above Cape Town in a field with two donkeys, three horses, and a pig. And, um, and a lot of chickens. And a lot of chickens. But we, we found ourselves in Chabot, and we thought, why are we in Chabot? <laughs> it's probably the poorest place I have ever been to in my life. And saying that, I'm, that's, I've been to a lot of places, and we've visited a lot of countries, and we've been to a lot of really bad squatter camps, but this one takes the biscuit. This is like, it's the bottom of the barrel. And it's where Tembalicha is involved. We're involved in Tembalicha. And I was, talk, I was hearing about your cycling yesterday, which was fantastic girls and guys, well done for the cycling. We cycle, and we cycle the, the globe, raising money for Tembalicha. And we do it on a tandem, and we go from places like Vancouver to San Diego. Not, not too distant, you know, about <laughs> three and a half thousand. But with we do that tent. for fun. Yeah, with a tent. But so... But we find ourselves in Hrabo. Why are we in Hrabo? But we get involved in the community of Hrabo. We get involved in the local church, which was absolutely boring. <laughs> so, but we got involved with the local, you must get involved with the local church. We got involved with the local church. And the local church was mainly my color and rich farmers. And your age. And my age. In fact, I think we were the youngest, I have to be honest. So, we get involved there, and, and you think, what is this all about? And we're in this really desperately poor place. But something came out of it that right there and then, I decided that there was something I saw that disturbed me that all the younger people in town 
were getting on in their car, going over that hill, down to Somerset West at the bottom, and going to Hillsong, every nation in Somerset West, and going to uh, other churches down there as well. And the spiritual life was disappearing somewhere else. And there was no input coming from those people into the community. And I thought, you know, this is wrong. Somehow we've got to gather people together, the spiritual people of this town together, in order to reach this town. And I love music. I'm a, I'm a musician. And, and so we started a praise and worship night called In His Presence. And once a month we have In His Presence. And we were doing it in this boring church, which was just on the outside of town. And... Um, and, and we would ask people to come. And there were quite a few people came, but the only problem was that you could only get there by car. And it was while we were doing this that we got invited. Well, we went on a trip, and we ended up going to Birmingham, Rona. That's your hint. Okay. So we, um, <laughs> this is our dot to dot, that dot to dot story. We are hearing the voice. We don't know where we're going. We're just following the voice. And... So we were on a trip. We've now done In His Presence at a few places. We've got different communities. You have to understand, the, this area is very separate development. It is, it's horrendous. To somebody like us, it is horrendous. Mm. So we're starting to get all the people coming in, and then we ended up going to a very, very poor area. The first, the first venue had uh, only people with cars. The second venue had people... The people with the cars wouldn't go there. Okay. <laughs> they just wouldn't take their cars there. So we were right in the middle of the township. And then we were, we were overseas. And our son, he's a chartered accountant. And he is actually the accountant for 24-7 for Africa. And he said they've got, they're having a, a conference in Birmingham, England. And we were somewhere on the continent. So we said, we'll go. We'll go. Nati and Zeander uh, were being prayed in, so we went to Birmingham. Jonathan came in as well, that's our son, and we were all in Birmingham. As you can see, Pete Gregg is quite relaxed. He's very relaxed. You know that scripture John read about being burned out on religion? <laughs> There's a grace in this moment to just be yourself, whoever God's made you to be, to be yourself. You know, and he's made everybody different. You don't have to make a copy because if God wanted two of that person, he'd have done it in twins. <laughs> but he made you different. So we get to Birmingham, and Nati and Z were going to be prayed in one night. And these things are very fluid with their itineraries. And suddenly they decide, no, they're going to pray for Nati and Z that night. Now, those of you that know Nati, he comes from KZN. Um, he's quiet and he's methodical and he's just lovely. Zeander's a bit more like me. <laughs> and so as they were being prayed for, somebody came um, to give a prophetic word. And he's, actually it was a lady. The lady said, Nati, you are slow and sure. You keep climbing the mountain one step at a time, one step at a time. One step at a time. But Zeander, you have got the key, and the key is prayer. And it's like, whoa, this is, and you've got the ability to unlock with your key. 
you need faith and you need courage. The following morning, they had a 7 a.m. breakfast. They go, remember, the schedule's all been messed up now. So they go into this breakfast, and a lady came up to her and said, two weeks ago, God told me to get a key and have the words faith and courage engraved on the key. And he would show me who to give that key to. <laughs> when you see Z, she wears it around her neck the whole time because it's a key to that prayer that you're doing here 24-7. There's fa- you'll need faith because it's, should I let that guy in my car or not? Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. It's a choice, isn't there? Set before you life and death. That one. So when we went to 24-7, there were a lot of us there. And we saw all sorts of people from high Anglican right through to let's lie on the floor for six hours and, and soak people. And, and we were somewhere in the middle. But they said, let's do prayer, let's do worship, which we've been doing, but without justice. This is our third leg of the journey. If you sit on a, on a stool and it's only got two legs, you will fall over. The third leg is justice. So we returned to South Africa with this uppermost in our minds. And it was interesting that worship is part of prayer. If you really want to reach people, worship and pray. Worship will... If you invite people to worship... How many people would come? A lot. If you enjoy people, ask people to come to pray, how many people would come? No one. Let's just be honest. But if you invite people to come to worship, they come and you introduce them to the fact that worship is part of prayer. It is part of prayer. So I suddenly realized this thing that we were doing was part of 24-7. This is what we should be doing. But I thought, how do I get this community and that community to pray together? So I found a spot right in the middle, which was the Baptist church. So I went to the Baptist church and I met this wonderful man. And we said, look, could we do this in his presence at at the Baptist church? And he said, absolutely. We'd, We'd love to have you. So I made a poster, put it together, and I took it to him. I said, are you happy with this? It says, in his presence at the Baptist church, Krabo. He said, do you know what the name of our church is? It's not the Baptist church. I said, I don't know what it is. The Baptist church. He said, no, no, no. It's in his rest. How about that? So we have now in his presence, in his rest, in his time. And we've started this thing. And through it, we became Baptists. So I'm now John the Baptist. And his wife, Rona. <laughs> so in, in, as they were doing all of this, this is us going to, from Hout Bay to Hrubo, and then we end up going somewhere to uh, England, and then we go to um, Birmingham. So as I said, we had to, before we got to the Baptist Church, we had two areas that we went to. The, the, the one that was outside town and then the one that was in, it was in a squatter camp. Um, and one night we had a couple come 
And we'd ask them to come and speak in his presence. We do it the first Friday of every month. And they arrived, and the guys were doing their standing up for the band and what have you, but there were no people. There were no people. I mean, there was like four people in the whole place. It was like, where's everybody gone? And the, the, it's a mom and son team. And the mom said, well, I'm going to just go around into the highways and byways. I'm going to go and just call the people from the houses. So she started going around and pulling the people out, come to her, you know, come. And she literally pulled them in. And of course, the majority were children, but they pulled them all in. And then they, we had the worship, and Kyle, a friend of ours, was playing keyboards. And they, he gave a, a message, David, and he spoke about the love of the Father, the prodigal son. And he eventually made an altar call and he said, how many of you want that love? And there were all these children. It was mainly children. But they had their eyes so tight closed and they said, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And it was real. It was so real. And they, I said to John, one day when they're about 25, they'll say, you remember, a man came to our village and told us that there's a father in heaven who loves us. And that was the day my life changed forever. And David took everybody. And then he said, those children who've just accepted Jesus, can we, will you pray for the people? And he divided them up into a few groups. And he got the children to go and pray. One man threw away his crutches. One woman was dancing on feet that hadn't worked. One woman had her arms working because they'd sought the father. They'd sought the person first, not the healing, but the person of Jesus. The person of Jesus is always lovely. And so we left there that night with Kyle and his wife, Felicia, and some of the others. But in all of this, when we're hearing the, we think we're hearing the voice of God. You know, we're not always 100% sure. I don't know if you are, but sometimes you go like, was that God? Was that the And we left there. And we said, now God, we've done the, we've done this boring church. We've done the, we've done the squatter camp, but we know you've got more. And that's where the Baptist church came in. John? Yeah. So it was interesting that on that particular night, um, we had a, a musician from Cape Town, a guy called Tim Feeder, who runs Sounds of the Nations. And it's a really amazing thing. And uh, he was listening to my friend Kyle and his wife Felicia singing. And uh, Kyle has never had a music lesson in his life. He plays the keyboard like a genius. And uh, he doesn't know how to read music. If you say middle C, he says middle what? He hasn't got a clue. Yet he, he has a, a type of music which is very Afrikaans and it's very, let's say, rural. And Tim heard this music. He said, I want to record him. Would he like to come and have a recording made so yep so put him and Felicia in the car and we went over to the side to to Cape and to be to the recording but one of, one of the things I didn't mention was that my friend Kyle is disabled uh, Kyle was hit by a car at the age of two and uh, it crushed his bottom of his legs broke his back and uh, so he's been in a uh, a brace and he's been in a wheelchair his entire life until about nine years ago when his 
back healed and it was removed. But he sits in a, but he still sits in a chair. And uh, so we go along and we and we're having the recording and he he does the keyboard bit, and then Felicia comes to sing and he's watching Felicia singing, and as he's watching his wife sing, they're, they're 22 years old. He's been married two years and they're just amazing. So he's sitting there. I'm watching and I see that his his thigh is doing this, and his knee is doing that, and I thought. He's got movement in the top of his legs. So I said to him, Kyle, can you move your, your, the top of your leg? He said, no, I can. And I said, Kyle, can you move your, your knees? He said, yeah, I can. I said, has anyone ever taken you to an orthopedic surgeon? He said, a what? I said, has anyone tried to see if you could walk? He said, no. I said, would you mind, I asked him, would you mind if I try to find someone who would look at you and see your, your, your feet? And he said, no, I'd like that. So I got hold of Lungi, who is a doctor who's part of every nation and he's, she's also part of uh, in his presence and all that stuff. So got hold of her, she found somebody and we had an appointment in the middle of Somerset West with a young doctor and it was a 20-minute appointment. So I picked him up, picked his wife up. We went into this place. He was terrified. He thought they were going to chop his legs off. <laughs> so take him in there. And so they roll up his, his legs, take off his shoes, and his foot just points like this. And he goes, ooh, not sure if it's going to work. And then he just lifted the foot, and the foot came up straight. He said, this is, can work. All I need to do is support your leg, and then you can walk on it. So he made a cast, and he got everything ready to go and make this support. And he goes out into the hallway, and in the hallway, he's having this long discussion with a woman. I was like, this is quite strange. And I could hear her voice. It was very German, you know, talking like this and this, you know. And then this German woman, she walks in and she says, Hoskeil! And he goes, who is this me? <laughs> and she said, it's very good to see you. And she started to cry and hugged him and walked out. I mean, what, what was that? I mean. <laughs> then the doctor walks in with two boots, leather boots, which he explained to me she had brought to see if she could sell them to him because they're special orthopedic shoes that she had. She'd never worn them. She'd broken both of her legs. She'd never used them. And she wanted to sell them. They're valued at 5,000 euros each boot. Beautiful boots. And... <sighs> Basically, she said, give them to Kyle. And of course they fit. You know? Now, why am I telling you this? He took someone from Austria. She comes from Austria. To meet Carl and myself and Felicia in an orthopedic surgeon's office in Somerset West when we have a 20-minute appointment. God is accurate with his dot to dots. 
He doesn't miss. So, listen, just can you pop that thing on? Just put that thing on. I mean, I, I mean it has got music, but it doesn't, it, it's quite cool. So, he made this video the other day. And, um, okay, let's just, that's Kyle. And watch this. For the first time in his life, he's walking. We get home, and this was very exciting. And, on, and, and the following day, I went into a local hotel, and they have uh, this amazing hotel. They've got sort of like Pilates and all sorts going on. And the guy who owns the hotel said, you know what, we've just got a physio who's just arrived, and he asked if there's anything we can do in the community. Do you, do you have any projects? I said, <laughs> I have a project. <laughs> So he's learning to walk. I mean, he's got no muscles or anything in his legs, and he is now learning to walk. And we believe he will walk without any sticks. And the, um, the walker that you saw, John, was at the Tembalicha offices, and they, somebody said, oh, I saw your car up in the township this morning. What were you doing? And the story of Kyle came out. And one of the nurses said, oh, we've got a walker. Would Kyle like a walker? It's a dot to dot. In your life, God has got dots. Just hear his voice and act on it. He wants us to seize the day. And we could tell you lots, lots and lots of these kinds of things, but we have found that the yoke is so easy if we hear his voice. <laughs> you know, it's really, it's when I'm going, oh, oh, and struggling. That it becomes hard. But when you somebody picks you up in the car and you can talk to them about the God test, when you can just say to them, oh, pop quiz, yeah. or you can learn to ride a bike. Yeah. Go, that girl. You know, we are just doing life together, and Christ is in the midst of it. So this is my dot to dot. Do you, uh, do you want to? S- I just want to say, the word of God says that they overcame him the devil by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony we're telling you a testimony today because you're opening the 24-7 prayer room and one of the things that the the picture that I have uh, of the 24-7 prayer room or situation is that the last in his presence we had uh, we had farmers and we had all these people from all these different the, the the people from the Eastern Cape who live in a really bad township, and then we have the colored people who've been living there for years, and holding hands and singing in Kosisikeleli, Africa, together just before the election. And we wanted to take this and develop this, not just for praise and worship, but into a prayer room. So now we live in a town we live in a town where it is extremely unsafe to leave anything for three and a half minutes because otherwise it will disappear. So to have a prayer room that is open twenty four hours a day is really not feasible. 
And he definitely wouldn't leave your shoes at the door. No, no, he wouldn't leave your shoes. They would not be there when you get back. So where would you say in a small town would be the safest place to have a prayer room? Who said police station? (laughs) Very close. Because in the police station, there is a jail. We have our prayer room in the visiting room to the jail. It does not look like this one here. <laughs> you can put that next slide up, actually. Let's see if we can get the slide. So that's our one. So those are the two little windows, you know, that where you have a, the convict on the other side, and then the person sort of sits on the other side. But here it is. And all these papers were written at the In His Presence worship night from everybody in the community saying, what, how do they see Hrabo in the future? Put up the next one. And they started to write up what they saw. Unity. They saw uh, smiley faces. Next one. Next slide. Sunshine. God is king. Strong united families in Chabot. And kids were saying, did you do this last week? And, and we put it up. And, and I'll tell you what. What is so exciting? The police are now doing prayer walks in the community. The police. There are other groups coming to this, this whole thing. There are people coming together, and unity is where revival starts. If you do not have unity, it will not start. So you need prayer, you need worship, you need justice, and when you've got those things and you've got unity, revival starts. And I believe that you're having everybody here for the beginning of your, of your thing. So, dot to dot. So, on our dot to dot, we started somewhere over here. This is the most recent one, the last couple of years. So, we started in Hout Bay, and we went over to Hrabo, and then we went backwards because we went to a bit of a downward spiral there, or at least we thought we did. Mm. Sometimes when you think you're going backwards, you're not actually going backwards. You're making friends and gaining integrity in the, in the village. And then we went sideways to a different place. And then we had the night with David and uh, Hermien when God rocked up and rocked everybody's world. And then we said, no, we need to do this more. And then we said, all right, let's get together and do this. And at the end of everything with Kyle being healed, do you see what we got? We've got a cross. And when you do your dot to dot... The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And it might be your people at work. It might be your Muslim professor. We don't know who it is. It may be the kids your your kids surf with. We don't know. But if we will hear his voice saying, this is the way, walk in it. This is the way, walk in it. Don't stop until he tells you to stop. And you walk in it. And he's got an appointment with somebody. He's got another appointment. And as we live out the life that he is calling us to live, it's not about the power because the power comes with it. The power comes with it. It's about the person of Jesus. And as we know him more, we love him more, we serve him better, you'll see. You'll meet people on the beachfront. You'll meet them on the varsity. You'll meet them. Maybe some of you are singing. Maybe I don't know where you are. 
God knows, and he's got all of these arrangements made ready for you. Just as you have a growth path, I want to tell you that each and every dot that you have is a growth path. And sometimes those dots don't seem as if they are growth paths. Sometimes the greatest growth comes in the deepest valley. It's not about skipping from mountain top to mountain top. But in the deepest valley, you will find that it is a dot that God has got for you. And sometimes you think he's gone quiet on you. But it's just a dot on the way to the place that he wants you to go. You're on a bus. You haven't a clue where you're going. But I tell you what, when you get there, you'll know where it is. And I want to just say to you this morning that some of you this morning are feeling that you are in a valley, you have no idea where you're going, and you're wanting to throw everything out and just stop. I want to encourage you this morning, get up, dust yourself off, and get going. Because it's part of the journey. It's part of the journey of your life that will come in completion And it will not just be about you. It will be about hundreds and thousands of others. So testimony is powerful. This is just a testimony. We didn't even know that you were starting in his uh, 24-7. Until last week. And and I want to say to you, I think you should be starting in his presence. Worship with it. So if you're a worshiper, don't sit on your rusty dusty doing nothing. Get your instrument, get up there and worship as part of it. So I began by telling you about Salome. When we were here before, uh, all those years ago, Machlatsi was also part of the student body. And today he heads up the Ravi Zachariah Trust in Africa. When, when the radio stations want somebody to talk, they invite Machlatsi in. Eye has not seen and ear has not heard Mm. what God has prepared for those who love him. Mm. Your vision may be here. God's vision is the whole world. For God so loved the whole world that he gave his only begotten son Mm. that whosoever believes in him Mm. should not perish but have everlasting life. Won't you Mm. just close your eyes for a moment? Mm. Father, I just thank you for each person in this room first of all Lord I don't know everybody in here I don't know them I don't know where they're at in their relationship with you but a relationship comes from communication prayer is communication it's as simple as that and if we are not hearing your voice We need to ask ourselves, do we actually know you? Jesus will make himself known to you through his voice. His voice comes in different forms in different ways. But what I want to ask you this morning, first of all, is if you are not sure that you really know him, that is the place, that's the first dot on the map. You can come to church your whole life and not know Jesus. This is not about church going. This is about 
having a relationship with Jesus Christ. And this morning, if you're in here and you're really not certain whether or not Jesus is the Lord of your life and that you have a relationship with Him, I want to pray with you. And if that's you, would you just stick your hand up quickly and say, I really want prayer. I want prayer so that I can have a relationship with Christ. And then we will pray a prayer. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Anybody else? Anyone else? Maybe if you raise your hand, can you just stand where you are? I'm not going to ask you to do any more than that. Just if you raise your hand, because I just want to pray for you. And, and thank you. God bless you. Just stand up. My brother over there, just stand up. Stand up at the back there, yeah. Anybody else want to stand with them? Just stand up. It's not here to embarrass you. It's just so that we can pray together. Bless you. Sure. That was a big stand-up, Brandon. Whatever your name is. Abandon. There were other people Abandon. who put their hands up who are not yet standing. Come on, we, I promise you, every person in this room is praying for you. They know what it's like on the other side. They've met Jesus, and they love him. And they want you to meet him too. And they want you to know the love of the Father. So if that's you, just take that bold step. One small step, one massive future. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, we're going to pray a prayer, all of us together. And if you are, if you are seated next to somebody who is standing, just put your hand on them. Just say, just as, as a sign of, I'm with you. I'm just with you, you know. Let's just pray together and say, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I come to you this morning. I come to you this morning. And Father, I recognize. And Father, I recognize that I'm like a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter. That I'm like a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter. I've run away. I've run away. But today. And today. I want to come home. I want to come home. I want to meet with Jesus. I want to meet with Jesus. I want him to be the Lord of my life. I want him to be the Lord of I my life. I want to fellowship with him. I want to fellowship with I him. I want to communicate with him daily. I want to communicate with him daily. And today, Lord God. And today, Lord God. I put down my past history. I put down my past history. I ask you to forgive me for it. I ask you to forgive me for and it. And I want to center my attention. When sent to my attention upon you, on you, become my Lord, become my Lord, become my Savior, become my Savior, become my King, become my King, and become my friend, and become my friend. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. For saving me. Amen. And if you if you're with one of those people, would you just pray with them right now, just quietly, and and if you're just around, just put your hand out towards them. Just pray for them right now. Just pray for them. Thank you, Lord, for these amazing people standing. Thank you, Lord, that you bless them. You move them forward on a path. And this is their first dot on the map. Amen. And we thank you, Lord, for this moment, this historic moment in their lives, that their life will never be the same again. And we give you all praise and glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay. Can I one more? Okay.
How many of you would like to hear God's voice all day, every day? Okay, stand up. Let's, let's trust God. Let's trust God. Father, we know your ear is always open to the cry of the righteous. And so, Lord, as we cry to you, we hear your gentle whisper saying, This is my beloved child in whom I am well pleased. God has not given you a spirit of fear. He's given you one of love and power and a sound mind. And as the, the people of every nation, Durban, go into the highways and byways, Lord, in this week, we're expecting dot to dots. We're expecting testimonies. We're expecting Jesus to be lifted high. We're expecting your glory to be manifest. And we give you all the praise and all the glory. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. So you can stay standing. Just how cool is this? So while John and Rona, um, maybe just drop that slightly. Just while they were talking, um, I just opened uh, Pete Gregg's book, looking for a quote um, that I read, uh, and I found it. Yay. <laughs> um, and, uh, and just, you know, everything John and Rona have been talking about today is, is really about living life with Jesus. And I, I have to say, the most exciting life you could ever have is one where you're connecting the dots with Jesus, where you're listening to him, you're hearing him, you're following him, you're doing what he says. And it's amazing how it becomes, everything becomes so exciting. So he says this in one part of his book. He says, when we put Jesus first, say Jesus first. So when we put Jesus first, walking in step with the Holy Spirit, say walking in step with the Holy Spirit. He says this, over months and years, unintended patterns start to form from the chaos of our lives. So patterns start to form from the chaos of our lives. Coincidences occur surprisingly often. Disparate voices unexpectedly begin to harmonize. Crazy things happen like a beach ball blows out from the crowd of sunbathers at the right moment. A drunk in a bar is compelled to say that you're... Your presence matters. Just when you're asking that very question, a compulsion to count your medication or to board a flight to a particular town or to move to an apartment you can't afford in the center of some city all becomes the voice of God in your life. I say, church, that's the life God's called us to live, where we're following Him every single day. Amen? Okay. So we're going to wrap here. Let's thank you, John and Rona. Let's give them a hand this morning. Wonderful. What a wonderful story. Um. Thank you for tuning in. For more messages like these and other resources, you can visit our website at emdurban.com. Remember to subscribe to our podcast channel to stay up to date with the latest sermons. Be blessed.